Yeah, so that whole thing is, uh, it's um, this like account, like a social media slash like YouTube account called Side Talk NYC. Mm-hmm. And so it's this NYU student who runs it. They have and they have all their videos on YouTube as well. They're just one minute long. And so it's just a bunch of New Yorkers just talking shit and random things. And so I just watched one called Snowball Fight. And they just had a bunch of New Yorkers get into a park with the with snow and have a snowball fight. And one of them was smoking on a joint out in the middle of the snowball fight, just like if you ain't smoking za, what the fuck you doing? Because <laughs> they call weed Zaza out there. Why? It's the best. I I don't I, I'm not one to argue with it. I want to just say that sounds cool as shit, so I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> sounds like they're smoking pizza. And it like might that. be it might it might be a connotation of that. Like Indo is supposedly um it, it, like when you know Snoop Dogg called it Endo. It's supposed to be a playoff of Nintendo because this wasn't, or because it was like a, because this was, it wasn't a game. What? Like, yeah. First of all, first of all, what? Second of all, I'm wrapping my head around the fact that Snoop Dogg actually created, like, he coined that term. He didn't coin that term. Oh. No. But, like, in the song Gin and Juice, it's rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice. Right. So smoking Indo. Like, Indo was a term that was being used by the culture. Gotcha. And this has been your weed minute, or in this case, two minutes. Jesus. On to the episode. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm at the point where I actually had a little bit of time off between the movie and and you starting the the podcast and it was just enough time to actually find joy in cleaning up the kitchen like i'm at that point i'm at that point in my life where it's like (laughs) i'm like scraping stuff off dishes into the trash and then putting in the dishwasher and i'm like finding fucking joy from that and I'm like, look at the fucking organization and like cleanliness. Look at this. It's all fitting together. Oh, it's like a puzzle. Perfect. Clean kitchen. You're Boom. Your, you're on your Marie Kondo shit. Damn right. <laughs> well, you know, it takes because that involves, you know, organization and, and planning for the future and things like that. And speaking of that, we watched Duplicity this week. The thriller rom-com ish the what the fuck uh, movie. movie the what the fuck movie like the whole time what the fuck <laughs> um movie starring clive owen and julia roberts um it's a movie that i had completely and utterly forgotten existed um <laughs> and i i remember vaguely seeing a movie poster for it when it came out but like other than that, I don't. I didn't remember much of or any of it really. Um, had you heard of it before you found it on, um, uh, no. on Amazon Prime? No, <laughs> I'd never heard of it before. <clears throat> but I did. I did look at like a brief like Google review of it, and it was like, oh, this is this seems actually kind of promising. So, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it, 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 we'll get into how the movie was, um, but let's, uh, let's go into the stats of the movie. Duplicity is a 2009, I said, oh, I said 05 when we were watching it, but that was off. Uh, it's a 2009 oh, nine, American, more right. yeah. Yeah, uh, American romantic crime comedy film. 
written and directed by Tony Gilroy. Uh, and it stars Julia Roberts and Clive Owen. And the plot follows two corporate spies with a romantic history who collaborate to carry out a complicated con. And the film was released in March of 2009. Um, and Jesus. it also stars Tom Wilkinson and Paul Giamatti. We'll Fucking talk about Paul, Paul Giamatti. Giamatti. We will talk about him. Uh, the running time of the film is 125 minutes. Yep. Uh, although, when watching it for the very first time, it you're so enthralled in it that you, it, it does speed through. It doesn't feel two hours. Yeah, there's not a there's no there's not a single dull moment. Like it's it's yeah quick paced. It, it's packed with a lot of information. Yep. Um, which is what makes these kinds of films fun. Um, let's agree. let's put a pin. Let's put a pin in that. That's something else I'd like to discuss: is how fun these types of films are, and then we can talk about because we haven't really explored this in romance in our in our podcast, like this type of film, just because there's not a lot of because the romance is like a secondary, like minor part of it, right? Um, like we could talk about like Ocean's Eleven and things like that along with this, especially because Julie Roberts is also in that. Um, let's let's finish these this up here uh the budget of the film what do you think the budget of the film was and remember there are multiple locales that it looks like they filmed at. yeah some pretty high ticket ones although they say dubai but other than that helicopter shot i don't know if they really filmed that in dubai no. maybe miami um I guess they could have gotten away with not being in Atlantis, like the Atlantis Resort. No, no, that that had to be in Atlantis. Like, but now that I think about it, did they actually show any establishing or anything besides establishing shots of Atlantis? Did they actually have any scenes of them in? I mean, just... you would assume you would assume that the casino that they were filming at was actually Atlantis. For those who are watching the film and would know like that's what at the Atlantis Resort casino looks like. This is where we need an intern to bring back tasty tidbits to do this, this research. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're look, coming up on the 100th episode. It's time to get an intern. Um, so according to the stats, aka the Wikipedia page that I read everything off of, uh, production began in New York City and um, it, filming locations included Paradise Island in the Bahamas for the casino shots. So they did okay. film that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then New York City, of course. And then London and Rome. Shit. They really did film in all those places. Yeah. I mean, the Rome one was obvious. Like, when they were walking through everything, like, there's a reason why you would show true, him true. following her and walking through all that because you actually fucking went there. Um, same thing with London. There's a reason he showed him walking to the hotel room that they were meeting at. And that's because he actually fucking went there. But not Miami. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure they probably they probably were in Miami, but like did that real quick on their way to the Bahamas. They're Probably. like, well, we're on our way to the Bahamas to film, so let's just stop <laughs> right here in Miami real quick. And before we yeah. board our flight from Miami to the Bahamas, let's just go ahead and film the scene real quick today. And then tomorrow we fly off to the Bahamas to do the Bahamas shots. The cameramen had like an eight-hour layover while everyone else was, you know, getting there too. <laughs> the cameramen and Clive Owen and Julia Roberts, while everyone else got to fly straight to the Bahamas. Yeah. And like had the day off. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what do you think the budget of the film was? Uh, I'd say... Like probably thirty five million? Sixty million. Okay. Jesus. I mean yeah, like I, the location I think the locations had a big part of it, but also uh Clive Owen and Julia Roberts at the end of the two thousands. Yep. They aren't gonna be cheap. Nope. Um this is when Clive Owen was popping, so he could like this was his probably his, his highest earning potential out of his entire career. And the Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. She's she's gonna she probably made the most money out of anyone here. She's a turtle. how much did it make in the box office? 
200 million? 78.1 million. What the fuck? I am like uh, way off today. I mean, we, we've never heard of this film, really. 70 million? We've never heard of this film, really. The it, the marketing for this film was kind of tough. And these types of films, they're... So 70 there's a film, million. There's a film I like, and that's an R-rated version, that also has Paul Giamatti from earlier in the decade called Confidence. And it stars Edward Burns and Rachel Weisz. And as I mentioned, it has Paul Giamatti in it. And uh, Dustin Hoffman. And so... That film in particular uh, is much lesser known, but it's also the same type of, you know, uh, kind of a, a rom-com feel to it. But uh, but at the same time, um, it's mostly about this. They're, they're stealing money. Um, I forget. They're stealing money in like bank loans. I, it's a whole... I've I've watched it so many times and I still am not sure about what the plot is. <laughs> um, anyway, nonetheless, um, that's, that's how out. I am with with the Ocean's movie. Every time <laughs> like I watch them, I'm trying to find a hole in them. Yeah, but that one came out in 2003, and as I look into the stats of that one real quick, the budget for that film was 15 million. The box office for that one was 23 million. This is just what those types of movies do. So yeah. unless you like unless you find a slant like the oceans movies, which was we're going to get all the big fucking movie stars and we're going to have them all be funny, which is what they did with George Clooney and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. They just had them all be like these sarcastic assholes. Like, and then they added Bernie Mac and Don Cheadle and they just let Don Cheadle just do whatever the fuck he wanted with whatever (laughs) accent he wanted to speak with. And they let Bernie Mac just be Bernie Mac. Like, Oh my God. And then they had Elliot Gould do whatever he wanted to do. And Kyle Ryder, Kyle Ryder do whatever he wanted to do. It's just like, you just took all these personalities and just like, Hey, be funny on camera for a while. And we're going to, we'll figure out how to make the, the plot. It fucking, it fucking worked. Yeah, and the thing is, Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck are probably the two funniest people in the whole movie, and they're the lesser <laughs> known ones. Like, and, um, I, I love it, Ocean's 13. I, I personally, I like Ocean's 13. Everyone kind of shits on that. I loved it. Ocean's 13. Yeah. Like, that's a fantastic I, Yeah, Ocean, Ocean's 12 is the shitty one. Ocean's 13. Oh, absolutely. Is, yeah, Ocean's 13 is great. And, like, I love when they go to the dice factory. And like yeah. they, and they, create the, they create the revolt. And then there's a strike. The strike. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then they're just like, how much how much do they need? They need twenty eight million? No. Thousand. And then immediately the strike's over and they go back to work and it's just like, oh yeah, they work for a pittance because that's what the horrible, horrible working class situation is. Anyway. <laughs> huge tangent but nonetheless unless you have a slant like the oceans movies had your your con movie like this is going to end up barely making its budget back and so they swung That's big true. by having they swung big by having julia roberts and clive owen and they hoped that those two could it could sneak a little more money out of it and unfortunately it did about the same as any other con movie would do so like so, I want to. I'm really fucking curious to hear what the hell the critics had to say about this. Then, because like, I'm confused. Clearly, well, my friend, it's like it, it, the segue here. Fantastic work. It's, Thank you. It's like Thank we've been doing. It's like this is the 99th episode of this podcast or something. It's like um, it's the 99th and episode. Like, and like this is like the twentieth or thirtieth time that we've actually included Rotten Tomatoes now because we didn't include it until about a year into that podcast. But nonetheless, fucking god, was it really that long? We yeah, we weren't including Rotten Tomatoes into it unless wow. like it, it. It just I you know near I Jesus, I really got to go back it. and listen to these early episodes. Yeah, yeah, like 
I mean, I included it in uh, the wedding day because it was so noteworthy because 11%. We will never, ever get off of that hill. We will continue to be on that hill. 11% for the wedding day. Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. So out of 192 reviews, okay, what is the so Rotten these... Tomatoes score? Um... I don't fucking know now. I uh sixty percent. Sixty-five percent. Ooh. That was a lot here's, closer than I thought. Here's the kicker. Two hundred and fifty plus thousand two hundred and fifty thousand plus ratings from the audience score. What do you two, think the audience wait, score is in the well, the audience, like, it's like fucking Amazon reviews. Like, everyone has a, a quick review of this film. Oh, right, like, right, 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 right. Rotten Tomatoes, like, the audience is always, like, a shit ton more ratings. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think the audience score of the film is? Well, I'm guessing, since you said it's the kicker, that it's lower. Which is, I did which kind, it, which yeah. is kind of fucking weird. Like, what is it, 50%? Because it's usually the opposite, yeah. Yeah. 50? 50%? 37%. What? Two-thirds of the general public thinks this film sucks. Wow. How is I'm it surprised opposite? by that as well. I am surprised by that as well. I, I thought I was really high for the critics' guess because I, I figured the critics would have shit all over it. Well, here is the critics' consensus. Duplicity is well-crafted, smart, and often funny, but it's mostly more cerebral than visceral and features far too many plot twists. (laughs) Well, that's why I said it was the what the fuck movie, because it was like, (laughs) seriously, literally two straight hours of what the fuck. The final twist, which, by the way, uh, like we have the final twist comes in the last 30 seconds. It's ridiculous. We haven't done it yet, but I will say, spoilers, we will talk about the final twist. Or at least I will talk about the final twist. Because the final twist I thought was, like, interesting. But, like, interesting in that I didn't see it coming and it was definitely surprising. But also partly, like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. I was still asking, but why, though? <laughs> like, um, so... Let's talk about some of these uh, <laughs> reviews. Mike Massey of Gone with the Twins. I don't know. Oh, oh, boy. We're, we're back to these. Just, look, look, I'm just going to read off where they're writing <sighs> from. We're just going to have to ignore whether or not it makes sense. because it's. We had such writers. a good stretch of like <laughs> reputable people in here, though. Like, well, it's usually because I'm like piggybacking on this. Well, it's the only reason I'm including this one is because I think it's a good review. Um, it's although it, it is a negative review for the movie, it's four out of ten. And he writes, tries to be too smart for its own good. That's why I included it. Um, let's see. Jason Best of Movie Talk gave it a positive review and wrote, Duplicity revisits the world of corporate skullduggery. Um, skullduggery that's explored in Michael Clayton. It throws in a spot of the born the born movie Spycraft, but its mood is far far lighter than those films. Sweaty intensity and muscular action. Well, so. it's well, yeah, it's because it's not the born movies; it's the Oceans movies. <laughs> I mean, because they include the the romance, yes, um, and it's got the whole like the whole music, the whole score is very similar the like the lightheartedness is there like um kaleem aftab of the list gave it a negative review two out of five and wrote the trouble is that gilroy tony gilroy the writer and director of the film uh he quickly strands what should have been a smart high concept thriller Somewhere between a popcorn movie and a brooding paranoia thriller. So the only person <laughs> Gilroy ends up conning is himself. Jesus. 
<laughs> um, and then uh, as far as <laughs> and Mark Mike Edwards of What Culture will end it up with this one. Uh, he gave it a three out of five, considered a positive review. And he wrote, Julia Roberts and Clive Owen are reunited for the first time since Closer. And they're a messed up couple again. But this time they're secret agents, which is way cooler. (laughs) Were all those negative reviews? No, that was a positive review. That was a three out of five. Okay, read one that was like a real positive review, though. That was a positive review. Three out of five. What? What the hell brings it up to a 65% rating? Well, three out of five is 60. So a lot of the positive reviews are around there. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, but Jesus. <laughs> like, that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's 65% is, that means two thirds of the film like it's not as like in the the fresh or not fresh it's not it's it's like it's a thumbs up or thumbs down it's not like a you know 70 percent. like they're not paying attention to the percentages of it they're just saying is it positive or negative is it above 50 percent or below 50%? oh I, I see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. so um yeah like Looking at this first page, um, I mean, there's a four out of five. There's a B plus. I don't know. Do you want me to read those? No, no, no. I I don't. I was just. Here's a three point five out of four from Nick Rogers of the film. Yap. (laughs) When it when it comes to sorting out where we stand with someone, we're all spies. Tony Gilroy realizes that romance done right involves invigorating risk. And duplicity offers a bracing, beguiling shell game of behavior to complement the light shenanigans. Uh, okay. Is that what you wanted, Max? Is let's, that what you wanted? Let's pump the brakes on the praise train here. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm glad. I'm glad we gave you what you wanted there, Max. <laughs> so. Jesus. We talked. We talked briefly about the Oceans movies, uh, which also has Julia Roberts in it. Um, they pretend I, isn't Julia Roberts. <laughs> well, in the in the second one, they decide to pretend that uh, she actually. Uh, the second, the lesser. The second one about, sucks. The second the one second, sucks. That's all you need I, to hear. I saw it once in theaters, and I never saw it again. I've seen it multiple times since. Multiple times. It has never wow. gotten better. Never. Ugh. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. I don't, I don't know that it ever got worse, but it, it never got better. So I can confirm that it is what I originally thought it was. Trash. It, yeah. I just, when they implemented just the absolute navel gazing of Ugh. like, we're gonna. We'll, I know what the twist is. We'll have Julia Roberts be a real person in this universe. Fuck you! Like that. Just immediately, me just dropping everything and just putting two middle fingers up. Just like fuck you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is not okay. Um, this is our only opportunity to really talk about the Ocean's movies because we don't really talk about kind of like <laughs> the heist movies in this podcast. <laughs> so we're gonna take this opportunity. But Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> that movie is 11 fantastic especially because the romance is technically a part of it and there is a little comedy i mean we could technically do oceans 11 we could i mean there is a there is a decent amount of romance in there i would say like for that kind of a movie there is a decent amount of romance because yes. he's like half his motivation is to get tested is her exactly and that's you know especially because uh brad pitt's character i forget his name but where he says, tell me it's not about her. Yeah. Like, tell, if you tell me it's not about her or I walk. 
when he finds out she's involved, that she's actually Fuck, maybe we should do it eventually. Yeah. I mean, thir- and, 13 isn't a romance movie, but there is no, actually kind was, of a, like, there actually is kind of an argument for Ocean's Eleven. They don't even bring her back for 13 because they fucked her up so much in 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and same thing with Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's not even mentioned. Her existence no. is even recognized. Like, is she still with Brad Pitt? No one That's knows. That's a very good question. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I barely remember what the fuck her character was in 12. Other than I think she was an Interpol agent, maybe? Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I had to think about that for a second. But yeah, Interpol. Yeah, they, like, they barely mentioned Julia Roberts' character. Like, because George Clooney says, this doesn't involve Tess. This is us. This is us. Like, and so that... and so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like... He basically, literally, with one line, they're just like, "She's not here." All right, and this is our fight. <laughs> just, it's not their even, fight. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> and they don't even—they don't even fucking spare a line for Catherine Zeta-Jones' character because they're just nope. like, "That's how unnecessary she was to this fucking whole entire universe." I think God, both of them. Well, I think both <laughs> of them just got mentioned. Like it was just, "Where's Tess and Isabel?" That's literally all. I that don't was think mentioned. they even said Isabel. Isabel, I think they just said Tess. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's just like basically them saying we don't need no stunt casting anymore on this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, maybe maybe we will do Ocean's Eleven. We maybe got, we will. I mean, we're coming up on a fresh. Might. I think we might a fresh um, a century of. <laughs> episodes yeah we can, we can start we could probably sneak ocean's 11 only 11 i mean as we said yeah only 11 i mean like yeah. honestly we are bromancing the stone it's based yeah. on it's based on an a kind of an action rom-com so like yeah i mean if we if we did the romancing the stone movies then we could sneak that one in if we and, yeah if we could call jewel the nile a rom-com uh, well we had a good run yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's an inside joke for this <laughs> podcast that we have. Like, so many people, like from our generation, have not seen that movie. Would nope. never see that movie. No, nope. and do not get that reference in the nope. normal world. Yep. <laughs> you and I, we can always go. Well, we had a good run, <laughs> didn't we, babe? <laughs> I don't know. And now, now, and the tens we- and tens of listeners though. If we absolutely, yes. whoever actually does listen to this podcast is in on our inside jokes as well. Exactly. They're in, they're part of the inner circle. <laughs> exactly. Um. <laughs> They've suffered through enough. This is their reward. <laughs> yes, Welcome. Exactly. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Um, but I will say, I will say this for the movie Duplicity. I mean, the romance is is heavy in this. Like, it is they they, they take, had a real fucking fight scene. They cut out moments for specifically for the romance. Like, yeah, they basically they have these moments where they're meeting to you know to basically talk about their plan from here and so on and so forth, and. You know, and like basically to reconvene and everything else. So the romance is there. Their relationship is there. And I mean, mm. they admit to each other that they love each other at, at Zurich, you know, and Zurich. if it's a and that's a lovely moment where he doesn't like I like that he didn't wait to three to show what he had. Yeah. He and then he just he just like He's rattles like, I off feel like waiting because I love you. You know, yeah, and, and, and like that was that was romantic. That was nicely done. It all made sense. The and like they obviously are hot for each other because they're constantly screwing when they see each other. Um, but then, but, then they even have like real fights and shit. Like in the hotel room, the first like major hotel scene we see with them, they have a legit fucking fight. Or you know when he banged the travel agent, which I didn't. Oh yeah. I didn't think he was gonna actually like bang her, but now he he went he went ahead. He <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> um, and also, you know, then he, and then of course he always has the Trump card of in any argument, which the first time you met me, I was in a coma for 18 hours. <laughs> Oh, I knew it. I knew you'd never get over that. I knew you'd never let it go. Like, I love that in a relationship, I have that card to play in an argument. Just like, why did you throw out the trash? You never listened to me. You fucking drugged me for eighteen, and I was in a coma for eighteen hours. You throw out the trash. God, never. Hey, remember when you almost killed me? <laughs> I literally asked you to wash these dishes two days ago. <laughs> and now the drain is clogged. We have to call a plumber. You, <laughs> you... <laughs> this is the two days that I was essentially drugged for. I'm just making up for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like you you basically like how my career was dry or clogged after you <laughs> drugged me for 18 hours in Dubai. God, I'll fucking call the plumber, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and there was also some nice sentiment between the two of them where they talked about how they were the ones who could truly understand each other. Yeah. Because of the whole spy games that they play. Yeah. It was nice to see a lot of, like, I will say, like, I will say they actually did a good job of representing some really good fundamental qualities of relationships. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bickering, the the good parts, the tender moments, like the trust issues, that whole dynamic, like it's brought mm-hmm. up there. Like they, they, that whole trust dynamic that they have, that they have to like get through is like, the primary motivator, but that whole communication level that they go through to get to that point where they actually do trust each other. That's what the, that's the best part of it to me. Yeah. Because I actually show them being open and talking about it and like talking constantly about not trusting each other. And I brought it up as, you know, a joke, but it really is. It really is true. How, um, you know, they are like their couple and closer, except they're, they're secret agents and it's a, and a little lighter. So, yeah, but having Julia Roberts and Clive Owen be the couple and be the leads in this film really helps that romantic part along and allows the, allows it to go. If it were, if it was two lesser actors, it wouldn't work nearly as well. Um, you know, they both like they both come off as such equally emotionally guarded actors too. Like yes, they just both like, have that. Like they can be tender and seductive, but they're just it's just glassy eyed. It's like they you can't. There's there's this level of guard that you're never going to penetrate. They they reach as like. They can reach this 99% believability that only few actors can reach. Because, like, yeah. actors, actors, you either know that they're acting and, like, 100% lying and you're just not in a scene with them. Or they're 100% vulnerable and you're completely in it and you know exactly how they're feeling and how they're thinking and there's nothing that they're hiding. Like, you know, you like they're completely naked on screen. Yeah. But... With Clive Owen and Julia Roberts and like the best actors, they can reach this 99% where they're completely vulnerable and you know exactly that what they're thinking and everything. But at the same time, there's a slight secret. Like there's still like the yeah. one little bit of you that's just like, but there's something, something's yeah. not right. Something's not right. And it's, and it's perfect for this type of movie. And they can it- reach that level because they're good actors. And it's perfect for these roles too, because they're yes. they're the characters are literally picking up on that in each other. The same like distrust that you and I are picking up as audience, mm-hmm. like that's diabolical, man. <laughs> like, and that's what's so key about like their uh, their dynamic that all the way to the end, all the way to the point where they get the yeah. champagne given to them by Tully, where even like they're both shell shocked. They both know that they've lost, 
but they're also just and they know, and they can see that the other person is absolutely like floored and did not see this result coming so they so they're 99 percent sure that the other person wasn't involved in fucking the other person over but yeah. they're still the back of their mind thinking you weren't in on this, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure you weren't in on this because you look about as forlorn as I do right now. But you weren't in on this, right? God, yeah. <laughs> and, and it'd be like losing the Super Bowl and then asking your teammate, I know you're on my team and you've been playing, we've been playing on the same team this whole year and your contract is signed with our team, but, but you don't play for the other team, right? <laughs> like, you don't, you're not secretly. You lose that game block, for right? us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being on the Black Sox. And yeah, <laughs> God. You didn't, you didn't bet on this game, <laughs> did you? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> um, but, I mean, we talked about Clive Owen and Julia Roberts. I, uh, one other person I want to talk about as far as acting performances before, um, you know, we move on is Paul Giamatti. Paul fucking Giamatti deserves Paul a talk. Fucking Giamatti. That I, dude. That dude takes a hundred and ten percent fucking energy level to literally every goddamn scene he does. Like, he's a goddamn king. He could. He's. He's fucking delivering scenes about hair products with the same level of seriousness, devotion, and charisma that he could be giving, like, a fucking Oscar-winning monologue. I never believed in the difference between a cream and a lotion. <laughs> In my life, yes. So Holy Paul Giamatti shit. talked about it, and then he said, "With the with all the balls of the world, show me the cream." Like what? Like I was, I was sold. I was sold. I wanted. I thought I worked for him at that point. Yeah, his name in the film was the most unsubtle fucking goddamn name, Dick Garcik. They they called this guy Dick, and it still didn't fucking matter, and it still like was not it wasn't overblown enough because it was goddamn Paul Giamatti just letting his acting dick swing from front <laughs> to side to side, and I didn't care. It was just like just go off Paul. It Giamatti. was amazing. At every scene point, he was in, every scene he was in. Even though it's not much of a calm, quote unquote, and not much of a rom, really, <laughs> we're gonna have to do the movie sideways just for Paul Giamatti because he's <laughs> goddamn great. Paul and, fucking Giamatti. And also, I'll never ever forget the way the line "We are not drinking any fucking Merlot." <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget how that line is stated <laughs> from Sideways. Um, I mean, as far as like the film itself, there's so much that goes on with like the actual crime and everything. We've talked about the romance, the comedies there. I mean, yeah. we just talked about Paul G. Body saying, show me the cream. I, there's not much else really to go into with this film. I mean, we don't have to make this a long episode, really. No, I mean, um, what they do show us in terms of the actual romantic dynamic, you get you get through a really cool perspective in like the yeah. the the what are we calling it? Not spy heist, I guess. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the con. The, the con, yeah, there the we job. go. Con. Yeah. I mean, that whole dynamic obviously isn't very relatable. Like yeah. as an audience member, but they actually do a pretty good job of like entangling this, these relatable fucking moments in there, which I thought was really cool. And Yeah. That's other than that, like, yeah, what we do get of the the dynamic is actually the the romantic dynamic. It's pretty nice. It's pretty good. One other but, thing. Well, one other thing I, I I'd like to talk about is that you know we we kind of 
gave away the ending how they lose. Clavo and then Julie Roberts, they lose. They're I the fucking love that them. pan out scene. I know it's cheesy as fuck, but god damn it, I love that scene. While they're sitting in the chairs with the jam yeah. like and the slow yeah. fucking rollout from there. Like the she fact grabs that his hand. Anyway. The two protagonists are the losers. Like yeah. they've admitted that they love each other and they still have each other and they're both but they're having to lick their wounds together is how this how this finishes is so different for this type of film. Yeah. Like that for this romantic heist movie thriller, like that they don't that like you usually see it with them on the island with the money. Right. They got away Success. With. They won. Success. They won. They're off the grid until the next con. Right. Here, they lost. And now they have to come up with a whole new plan to get that money, but they don't have the money. They're going to have to come up with a plan. They're probably already way into their fucking savings. They're not going to get paid for their job because they didn't deliver the product. So they probably aren't going to get, like, they didn't get wired any money. You know what I mean? This is so, that this is that really wonderful moment in a relationship where you really do when the, the barriers do really truly come down and it's like, oh fuck. Even both of us, as good of a planner as we, each of us is, our best laid plans still got fucked over for, by the external forces at B. So that's what, all we that's have what, left is each other. We have to trust each other. And that's what made it almost even more romantic in a way that they like all they have is each other because they fucking lost. They didn't yeah. Have them. But at the same time, like that they could be okay. They talk about going to Rome and regrouping right. there together. You know what I mean? I might have to be there <laughs> like, a long time. Like literally, literally like at least we got each other sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one other thing that I think is interesting when uh, you look back at it is you look back at the job that he took with the frozen pizza. That was the money, right? That was the money. And if you look back, he spent almost a year there and they're at the bowling alley. And what brand does the bowling alley have? The pizza, the competitor. competitor Yeah. Flaky fresh, not buttermills flaky fresh. Flaky Fresh has cornered that market and also keeps coming out with the with the recipes that they're that they're building internally. So right. they haven't found them all. They haven't figured out how to stop Flaky Fresh from cornering the market first against them. And so then oh. it really goes to show how good is this guy really? Oh shit. And then he loses with Julia Roberts here. How good of operatives are they really? What if he was the double agent for Flaky Fresh? I mean, then he'd be richer and they wouldn't even have to deal with this fucking skin That's cream. True. That's true. Wow. Wow. Diabolical, man. I like I gotta watch this movie again to honestly just to like watch it <laughs> That's for that. usually the clues. Like I have to. That's usually the case with heist movies like this. You have to watch it again. My <laughs> God, there was so m- I still watch Ocean's Eleven to this day, and I'm just like, I don't under like I, I I swear something doesn't quite make sense at the end when Brad Pitt is explaining the whole fucking thing over the phone to Andy <laughs> Garcia. Every time, anyway, we can we can review that Ocean's later. Thirteen. No, no, it, Ocean's Thirteen is the one. That one got too bloated. The fucking helicopter with the diamonds. Oh, yeah. Where they just ripped the I diamonds mean, out of the roof. Yeah. Like, the fact that they spent, like, $100 million in, like for the con, and then they're supposed to have made it back from the casino, like, made back their portions of it, and then they stole the diamonds, and, like, that's going to be, like, their profit out of this. That, yeah. like, this was all done because fuck that guy. Fuck Al Pacino. Like, <laughs> that was why it was done because fuck Al Pacino. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Eh, what? No, okay. Anyway. Uh, but uh, as far as 
what happens after ever after I don't know how far I want to go with that theory of their operatives that aren't that good or at least as good as they thought they were um, maybe they get out of the game I think they come up with a new plan but I don't know like they can't they're burned as far as like corporate espionage so they have to find a whole nother mark right and i don't know what mark that would be some sort of i mean they could transition to some other some other espionage some other market but yeah, yeah i don't know i mean he got out of mi6 she got out of wherever she was from or cia yeah. so they can't go back to like actual espionage they can't go into corporate espionage so now they have to figure out some sort of third espionage. Political. That's not Water, a bad. Watergate like, too. Political campaigns. Yep. Fucking political campaigns. That's the one. Way to go. Way to jump in with the what happens after ever after, Max. No Look idea where that you. came from. Beautiful. That's where they go. Okay, cool. Not just a hat um, rack, my friend. Every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. But I, do think, but I do think they stay together through it out. The whole thing. I like it. Even though I do think they also sleep with other people. For the play. <laughs> for the play. Yeah. For the play, obviously. Um, or do you think maybe because, she does just to get revenge sort of thing? Well, I mean, no, but it's, it's, it's in character, though. It's in yeah. character. Yeah, and they they understand each other, so they get it, right? Jesus, <laughs> it's ninety nine percent, one percent, man. <laughs> but uh, as far as the kiss of the film, what do you think is the kiss of the film? Um, the one kiss that I actually made note of was the one that they they kind of cut the scene too early, and they start that weird zoom out effect where it goes into like the fucking grid. The checkerboard of different, you know, camera. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. One of those cut scenes. Yeah. It like immediately zoomed out to that. And it was, um, I can't even remember. That's how much it distracted me. I can't even remember what the context actually was. Did we get an actual like rom-com kiss? I think yes. But it was, but it was also awkwardly timed and i realized why it was awkwardly timed because they end up losing but it's when they're kissing as before they get into the car taking them to the hotel in zurich where they give the the formula at the airport because at the same time that like they land in zurich and they're about to get in the car to go to the hotel or whatever. Um, you know, there's a, that's when Paul Giamatti's character is about to give his speech to the shareholders right. about having the formula or whatever. And so as he's giving that form or giving that speech and everything else, um, you know, he like, they're checking the formula and making sure that it's what it's supposed to be. Mm. That does sound familiar. I think that could be one. I, I don't know what else there would be. I can't think of any others. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my pick for the kiss of the film. And it was a good kiss between them. It was a deep, passionate kiss. It was just awkwardly placed and awkwardly tied, but then you realize why, because they lose. Um, yeah. Something I just... Really oh, there's... About. There is another kiss I, I thought of. Um, when they finally, like, get out of the game at the, uh, early on, when they first the initially hotel. do it at the, at the hotel. Yeah. And he she's testing him. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm fucked. I was, I I thought you were going to quit. I thought, you know, like. 
God, she the fucking, always tested him too. The testing shit, man. Why? She why? Always, why do girls do that? Uh, because guys do it too. I, I've done it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking. True. And at the same time, you know that's. I it's you're testing the I waters. You're you're getting used to each other. With her, no, no, but I think for them, it's not about whether or not he's telling the truth because he's not. I think he he obviously is fucking other girls. I mean, because he saw the kind of relief on his face in Cleveland when she points out the panties, and then she says she needs to put them back on. But because oh, they know yeah. each other, they know each other, they know like the espionage game and everything else like that, and they know how the game's played and what they have to do. I think. It's more of the effort he puts in to go for the lie. Like I on all that is good and true, I don't know how they got there. Blah 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 blah. She just wants him to put forth that effort because that shows he cares. If he if he goes in with just like I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't know how you can't believe me at this point. And it's just like throwing up his shoulders like that and like not finding it. That's what she knows. He's not in it as a hundred percent as he should be, and that's what she knows. Trust him, as like in their way, in their way, in their way, in their way. Exactly, that's the key there. In their way, but if he's still because they're fucking secret agent spies, that's why they have to do that. Yes, but. So she's playing that game to test how much is he in still in this relationship. Jesus. Okay. I I mean, I get that, but it's goddamn. And he's also have like in the back of his mind, he's happy. She is playing the game and forcing the game upon him because it means she still wants to test him on it. If she wasn't testing him on the game and was just ho-hum, I trust you, whatever. Then, then, then it's not as exciting for him. Jesus, no, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily not as exciting, but she doesn't necessarily care if he's being faithful or not. She doesn't care uh, what he's doing or not. She just doesn't care about him. Jesus, <laughs> it's a, anyway, duplicity I, is actually a damn good name for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I give that kiss a B minus, by the way, the one at the airport. I don't know if you found a kiss that you want to talk about, but it's okay if you don't have one. Um, it, no. It's tough to find one. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of them. They're just not, they're not great. I mean, the one that I can think of that I can actually remember and picture is the one at the hotel when they both quit the game. Yeah. But even that was, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that was a a B. Like they both yeah. look good doing it. Um, it's a kiss, and it's got good context. It's it's a solid B. I'm also, I, like another thing I thought about real quick. Who are they trying to sell that formula to? Who who the ones who tell them? They kept mentioning like some. She mentions it at one point, like the Swiss people or the <laughs> Germans or the Danish. I, she mentions somebody. So is this like a third? It's a third party. Yeah, it's 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 okay. not one of the two agencies that they're working for. I was about to say, because it can't be Garsic because he gets caught with the formula for, by Duke. So there's no way in hell that they would allow him to try to sell that to Gar 16. Right. right. I guess. Well, and then when Garcic finds out that that's a lotion or a cream and not the actual hair product, then Julie Roberts character won't get paid. So she right. left before getting paid. I mean, hopefully she was getting paid as she was going. Well, she was probably getting salary from R&B, so I guess that's what they're living off of in Rome for the initial uh, Yeah, I'm glad you did that math, because I'm sitting here at the end of the movie going, how are you guys getting to Rome? 
Well, they they both were getting account salary or account executive salaries, like executive true, salaries, true. because they were so they were probably making close, like nice six figure salaries, you know. And then on top of that, they're they have their say like they have their cash savings or whatever the fuck in that, and however many holds in the world that they probably have passports and shit. So. Can we, for a brief second, just talk about the fact that this is actually a real thing? Like, corporate <laughs> espionage? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, this is not, this is not, like, this is not, like, secret agent seems, shit. This seems absurd as fuck. And right? Real. Right? Like, I'm Jeff really Be- curious to know how big of an industry it is. Jeff Bezos has probably, like, got, like, 10 motherfuckers like these guys on speed dial. Oh my god. He probably went up to space to fucking put some satellite up there for it. Yeah. To listen to to listen out for new products that he's going to have to find out how to build cheaper and sell and have them delivered in two days. Anyway, my verdict for this film is I fuck it. I enjoyed it. It was great. I don't necessarily have to watch it again. I feel like I got the gist, but this was still fun on a romance level and on a heist movie level. So I would say watch it once and make sure that you're paying the fucking attention to have the subtitles on. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Max? Um, like seriously verbatim. <laughs> like, <laughs> like exactly right. It's um, I, I don't need to watch it again, but I would like, I definitely would. And I'd probably pick up on some shit that I definitely missed because goddamn, I think there were like 15 twists and turns. Yeah. I, you and yeah. I were, had to be silent the whole time. And the only times we talked is when we were actually venturing theories. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Like it kept me definitely interested and it was interesting enough and twisty turvy enough that twisty turvy <laughs> yeah, that's a that, yeah, that's a that's totally, a thing now. That's a totally totally a, totally a term that people say. Yeah, um, I don't even remember where the fuck I was going now. That was, that <laughs> t- <laughs> the fact that that came out of my mouth just <laughs> threw me off. So, uh, so you fuck it as well. All right, I'd fuck it. I'd fuck it. Well, you can find our socials on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then you can also find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So that's S U P R Market Sweep. Uh, and you can find uh, my Instagram at Relusa88. That's R E L U S A 88. And I'm also on another podcast with my sister, Rebecca, called We Watched RMTV. So uh, if you like music, you can uh, listen to that. We have good times there and go on tangents. But also, it's Spotify exclusive because we play the songs that we introduce and pick on the podcast. And then Max? On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N. H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Nice. And next week and the week after, we have two Mondays left in November. Uh, We we have Thanksgiving in between. Uh, And it is also, next week is our 100th episode. Fucking 100th. Yeah. and How the hell? We're going to do something that we've only done kind of like well i mean i when you went on vacation i did the you know the uh soundtrack episodes um yeah yeah but and so like so in this one we're gonna do something different we're not gonna watch a movie we're going to just talk about the podcast we're gonna go on a very free conversation introspective look into how we feel about rom-coms what our favorite moments of the podcast have been we're going to listen back to some of our old episodes and bring up some of our favorite memories and moments so far and just have a good old time just chatting to chatting to each other because quite frankly that's what the fuck this podcast is you and i chatting goddamn right chatting to each other so 
Um, and we're going to break it up into two parts. So that will be the next two Mondays of November. And then afterwards, we'll try to find some holiday movies. Um, so we'll yeah, have to start the holiday about season. that. Um, so look out for episode 100 and 100 part two. We're going to call it 100 and 100 part two, even though technically it'll be 100 and 101. But are we going to talk about our really favorite? Counting. If, you ca- if you're counting like that, then you're not a true 10 and 10 of listener. Because you, you, you look too deep into it. but i'm excited it'll be a good time we're gonna talk about our favorites too um yo yes uh we're gonna and yeah we'll uh by the end of the episodes i guess the second part we will have a top five of the movies we've watched so far yep so out of the first 99 god that gives us 99 to work with narrow it down to five yeah i wonder i i I really want to see how many of these five we actually share in common if any i mean (laughs) i think we'll have at least one probably probably i'm thinking at least two honestly but yeah i i think i'm thinking i'm thinking one i'm thinking one really yeah Really? Because cause I'm already thinking of two movies that are in my top five that I don't think I'm going to choose. Okay. 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 So, okay. Damn. <laughs> that, we, that we've seen. So, yeah, it should be a good time. Um, but until then, to the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. And we thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Love you guys.